Welcome back to Lupin Point, where we try to understand what makes people good at what they do. In this week's episode, we try to understand a little bit more about routines. What separates them from traditions, rituals, or habits? Which ones are worth keeping? And how do we make sure that they're a positive force in our lives? An idea we kept coming back to is how building intention into routines and habits can really elevate their usefulness. So if you're at all interested in optimizing your own routines or habits, and how building context around your habits is a means to that end, then we think you'll find this bit pretty interesting. I'm Zach. And I'm TJ. And this is Lupin Point. All right, man, we are uh, live here. How are you? How are you doing, man? I'm good. Good? Good. A topic that I sent to you today would be... That I wanted to, that I thought was interesting was just this idea broadly of habits. And I've seen you are very much, and I think part of your job is that you have to be very rigorous and structured and purposeful with your time. Yeah. And as someone who isn't often, I think there was a lot of like, let me just, just poke around and see what he's got going on here. Yeah. And so I think broad strokes, why is, you know, like, what is a habit versus, and you made this distinction, like a habit versus a ritual versus a routine a routine, yeah. and like a tradition. Yeah. Um, I think it's, we're talking about like, why, what are those things? Yeah. Right. Why are they important to have? Yeah. And then we can kind of narrow down into why are the, you know, what are some worth taking for yeah. lack of a better term? And then what are some that maybe it's worth figuring out on your own. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like tying it back to what we've been trying to achieve with the podcast, what we've been mm-hmm. trying to talk about with the podcast and taking it up a level of abstraction of like, why is the habit important? Mm-hmm. Um, I think is, is deeply related to the idea of you want to get into a loop mm-hmm. or a self-improvement cycle where you are doing something that improves itself and improves you while you do it. Mm-hmm. Right. And in that very thing becomes a tool of leverage to like make you better at whatever you're trying to achieve. Yeah. Whether it's health relationship, work Mm -hmm. stuff, whatever it is. Yeah. I think so many of things don't, you can't, (laughs) you can't fix your relationship by doing the dishes 10 times in a day. That's true. You know, or like, Oh, let me just do a thousand sit-ups and I'll get a six pack. Right. Yeah. And it's like, you, you know, <laughs> yeah, right. It's, yeah, as but, fun as that would be. Yeah, but then again, I mean, th- there's a there's a subtle difference, right? Like, if you did do the dishes every day yes. without making us think about it, like that part of your relationship might improve. Mm-hmm. Or if you did do sit ups every day and you did, I don't know, twenty five sit ups every day for a year. Yeah, I would bet your abs would look different at yes. the end of a year. And I think it's this idea of like consistent progress beats spikes. Yeah. Every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, whether that's, hey, you want to write a book, yeah. well, you can pound out 6,000 words in a day or 200 words a day over a year. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there's so many examples in life that are kind of this consistent progress. Yeah. Narr- that consistent progress helps drive, you know, personal progress. Yeah. And I think that is why it's worth thinking about, like, a habit and what it can really do for you is just like make sure you have that bedrock of consistent progress yeah. to build future results off of. Yeah. So part of this is related to the distinction that I was trying to make between like what we've described so far is mm-hmm. just like doing something more than once mm-hmm. um, in like a structured way to improve yourself or improve something mm-hmm. that you're doing or whatever, right? Yeah. 
Um, so I think you can call that a habit or you could call it a routine. Mm-hmm. And then there's these like more abstract and like they definitely have more complicated connotations like of ritual and tradition. Mm-hmm. But if you think about it, like both of those things are, are fundamentally just doing something over and over again. Yes. Right? In traditions like amongst generations and whatever. R- ritualized mm-hmm. like religious context, you get it. But uh, I, I think like just maybe framing like and I don't want to get too caught up in syntax because I mm-hmm. feel like I have a tendency to do that. <laughs> but like framing how these things are different and like which um, pieces or which elements of each of those concepts are the most like useful to tie together mm-hmm. as like you and I or anyone else thinks about building their own habits for their own self-improvement, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So like, I, like how would you think about a habit being different than a routine? Mm-hmm. So I would say a habit is one repeated, either repeated action or like subconscious action, right? Like I brush my teeth and that is a habit. Mm -hmm. I think a routine is a collection of habits. Mm. So I could have my morning routine, which Mm -hmm. is taking a shower, brushing my teeth, Mm -hmm. you know. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. Drinking orange juice. Or yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's also, like, habit sometimes has a negative connotation, right? Like, oh, he yeah. has a habit of picking his nose. Yes. You know what I mean? And there's nothing you are achieving yes. necessarily by having a habit. Mm-hmm. Maybe a routine is, like, I have a collection of habits that I call a routine that are for a purpose. Yes. Like, in the morning you do all these habits together as a routine to achieve personal hygiene. Yes. Right? And I think, no, and that's such a great point of, like, I imagine you have, like, a baseline human, yeah. right? If I could clone a 22-year-old person, yeah. and then you have positive habits yeah. and then negative habits. Yeah. And from an example of my personal life, you know, brushing my teeth, positive habit. Yep. Getting pizza every Friday, negative habit. Yep. And, you know, there's also, like, hey, it is a, probably a negative health habit, yeah. but a positive relationship and family habit because yep. it's, like, a you know, that becomes a tradition now, yeah. right, that we talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think... It's important to look, you know, say you want to look at yourself in five years and say, all right, I'm starting from a certain baseline. What positive things am I thinking about? Mm-hmm. And what negative things am I just, like, incorporating mm-hmm. into who I am, right? Mm-hmm. And then see if you can change that definition of yourself mm-hmm. so that, you know, you say, well, I have this habit of eating ice cream every Wednesday. Yeah. And it's like, well, no, I want to be this person that is not that. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, let's do a, a different win. I want to be a writer, right? And it's like, okay, how do I incorporate this positive habit in order to achieve this image of myself three, five years down the line? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then to quickly maybe touch on your other two, a tradition I'd say is, I don't know if it, like, I think it could be a habit, but I think it's just, like you said, a yearly a yearly event and like a routine, (laughs) not to use the word within the definition. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I would say it is an action associated with a family mm. or, or like a, a cultural unit or something. Yes, yeah, exactly. Like a, a broader group of people. Yeah. And that could be maybe, I think it's just more image neutral period. Let's talk about the fact that we just changed locations. <laughs> you might not hear any wind or whooshing or <laughs> sound like strong stream in the background because we've now moved indoors. We finally got our act together and cut out all the exterior noise. We do not have a studio yet. We are just indoors. Soon, I think we might have a studio, but more to, co- more to come on there. <laughs> but I would say, kind of getting back to what we were talking about, like a tradition is something that might be image neutral, but is with a large group of people. You know, a family, 
a culture unit, yeah. something broader. And then what was the last distinction you made? Um, oh, I, well, I wanted to say that a tradition almost is form before function. Yes. Whereas a routine is and should be um, function before form. Mm-hmm. Form before function in that like a tradition is tradition just because we do it every year or something along those lines. Exactly. It's not like the actual purpose of the thing. Yeah. Um, the last one was ritual. Yes. And I would say like a ritual is a... Not, not to be, to me it's almost like a one, like I think about like a writing, a writing ritual. Writing ritual. Yeah, which okay. is just a hard sentence for me to writing say all of a ritual. sudden. Writing yeah. ritual, okay. But like, so a writing ritual in that, you know, well before I complete this positive task, I yep. need to have my drink and my artisanal yeah. writing act <laughs> and my, you know, the sun needs to be shining just right yeah, and I need yeah, to go yeah, on my yeah, walk, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. I think I see, the reason I wanted to make the distinction, I see ritual, I like, understand everything you're saying, and I probably agree with it. Mm-hmm. I think I see it, or at least the useful pieces of it, as your approach when you would treat something as a ritual versus your approach when you would treat something as a habit or a routine. Yes. And I think I made this point in my, in my email to you that I was saying, if every day you woke up in the morning and you washed your face and you brushed your teeth and did whatever, whatever else you did... And you treated that as a ritual mm-hmm. versus a routine, it might be different. And like maybe that's not the best example because like you're not gonna get much more out of it, mm-hmm. out of brushing your teeth and washing your face or whatever. Yeah. But I think there is something to be said about treating your routines like rituals. Like yes. like they have some sort of spiritual mm-hmm. or like, you know, ephemeral kind of importance to you. Because I think you engage with that more. Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I agree. Yeah. I think I'm I'm cognating on that. Wow, as you can tell. Yeah, let, let me let me take it a different path also. Yeah. Um, because I think the broader point I was trying to make with that is like a routine is just something that you do. Uh-huh. But it's important how you engage with that series of things you do, which is okay, so yes. there's one like fork of that, you know, road which is the ritual. It's like, okay, I'm going to engage with this series of actions or things like it is of spiritual importance to me. Yes. And like that just changes how I interact with it. Mm-hmm. Um, also, there's this kind of separate fork where if you are just like waking up, washing your face, brushing your teeth every day um, without any intention, mm-hmm. then you will have done that the same way you've done it a year ago, five years ago, ten years ago, whatever yes. it is. And there was this example, and I'll stop monologuing in a minute, but like there was this example of, of a driver, right? Mm-hmm. Like, You've been driving for how many years? You know, say, call it 11. 11 years. Mm -hmm. Your father's been driving for, like, whatever, how many years? Like, whatever, 40, 50 years, something like that. Uh And every day you drive, you just drive with no intention, right? Yeah. But if you were, like, an F1 racing driver, every single time they drive, Mm -hmm. they drive with an intention of getting better. Yes. And it's really, if you think about it, the routine is almost the same. Yeah. But the intention is completely different. And because, like... The intention's different, like, you you can just, like, progress at that thing, right? Yes. I love that. That's really, really smart. I think there's value in just being intentional with all... And I think I'm just restating what you, so, <laughs> Do it. What you said so much better and more eloquently, but it's this idea of always pr- wanting to, like, live, <laughs> live with intention, right? Yeah. But, yeah. like, being able to say, I want to just get better, right? Yeah. I want to be at... If I'm at a level six... 
I want to be a level seven, yeah. right? And yeah. in a month, I want to just get better at everything I do. Yeah. And that's not just what your job is or what your yeah. hobby is. It's I want to brush my teeth 4% better. Mm-hmm. I want to put on my, you know, pick my outfits 4% yeah. better. And I think that's exactly it. Like, just to really integrate it is mm-hmm. you should build... I mean, you, as in the capital U, like you and I and everyone, should build intention into routine. Mm -hmm. Like, that's a necessary part of a routine, which I feel like doesn't get enough proverbial airtime. Yes. (laughs) And I think, you know, kind of thinking about almost a funnel of, like, people... You know, call it a certain amount of people, 50 60%, want to get better at their job. Yep. I don't think it's everyone by any means, but I think uh, there's a lot of people who see the tasks that they do in their job and say, I want to do this more effectively or more efficiently. Yeah. I think, you know, and then you go down to like a hobby and I think there's a certain amount of people who want to get better at fitness or basket weaving or, you know, stone carving. Yeah. And that is by its very nature, creating something makes you want to get better at that. Yeah. I think there's a lot of tasks that no one wants to get better with. Or okay. that, maybe that's the wrong phrase, but like no one does get better at it, right? Uh, Where like, okay. like brushing your teeth? Yes. Mm, okay. Or <laughs> I lean back. So I went to, when I was 16, 17, I went to a, it was like a driving seminar, but it was like, it taught, yeah. it taught you how to drive. Driver's Edge? Yeah. Yeah. It was one of those programs. Yeah. And the guy had a really good point where he's like, Write down how good of a driver you think you are out yeah. of 10. And everyone's like 7, 8, yeah. 9 probably. Yeah. And my dad was there and he's like, I've been driving for 40 years and I'm a 6. Yeah. So you who've been driving for like 14 months, you know, you think you're an 8, yeah. right? Like yeah. calm down. And but I think you said it so well, but like no one works to improve at certain tasks. Yeah. And, you know, I think you brush your teeth the same as you did when you learned, right? Yeah. Like. You tie your shoes, and you're like, hey, I've been tying my shoes the same way forever, but yeah. no one thinks, how can I tie my shoes better? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I wonder if it's a worthwhile thing. Now, now that I step back and think about it, like, is it, um, there's obviously some things that are that are worthwhile to, like, I intentionally want to get better at this thing, mm-hmm. um, but I, I wonder if it's worthwhile to, like, treat everything like I want to get better at driving every mm-hmm. time you drive, or does that just make driving more exhausting? <laughs> like, I, I don't know. Like, you yeah. know what I mean? I think there's certainly an 80-20 aspect to this. Yeah. Where, you know, and I'm going to just use a ridiculous example. Yeah. Um, I don't think I need to get better at pouring water from a glass. Or, like, yeah. I, I yeah, think okay. there's no... Obviously. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's not a ton of room there for me, and the yeah. value that I get from mastering that is not that interesting. That's fair. But I think, like, driving, right? It's yeah. very much in my interest to not get hit and die. Yes. Um, and to avoid hitting other people. Exactly, yeah, you know. Yeah, all, all of that. And I think, like, exercise, like, it's very much worth improving exercise, improving hobbies, right? Getting better at my job is yeah. very much of interest to me. Yeah. So I think it's worth, as we talk about points of leverage and these loops, I think it's really important to just think, how, you know, what are these... Let me make sure that I'm living with intention. Yeah. And by very much picking things that I want to improve on and really open up that list so it's not just, oh, my job, right? Mm -hmm. I want to get better at Excel. Mm -hmm. Yes, that'll move the meter for you. But let's think about, are you stacking the fridge in an optimal way? Mm -hmm. Are you picking out gifts in an optimal way, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And approaching all of those, like, 
just to really hit it home for me more than anyone is like mm-hmm. building intention into routine. Yes. And I think that ties to something else in your outline, which we were talking about, or you mentioned like what habits are, are worth forming. And I yes. don't know, like is habits the, the word we want to use for this or is it routines or is it? Yeah. I think like, as well, someone, well, what is it? <laughs> yeah. As someone who said like habits are like a subcomponent of routines. Yeah. Where it's, you know, I think it's fair to drill down, drill down to the base level of yeah. one hat, you know, what individual habits. Uh-huh. And then we can think of like, maybe it makes more sense to start at broader routines. Yeah. And then we can drill down to those individual habits yeah. that yeah. make up that routine. Got it. Um, an example could be a routine of, you know, and we talk about this a lot, but like a routine of health. Yeah. And you could say, all right, it makes sense to build a routine of health in one's life. Well, what does that consist of? You know, eating pretty good, mm-hmm. exercise, you know, moving your body a little bit. Yep. Um, other other Stuff. things of that nature, yeah. right? And <laughs> Vitamins. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, right? <laughs> Going to the doctor every so often. We're obviously not health nuts here. Yeah. Like, this is not a health podcast. Exactly. <laughs> You're, like, moving your body and yeah. what, what else? Going gluten-free, you know, I don't know. <laughs> okay. But I think there are certain routines that are good, and then it's worth delving into... Those those un, habits that underpine that routine. Yeah, underpine. I, I don't know if that's a word. <laughs> I definitely it don't think it be. is. It might be. I don't know. I might. I definitely might have been mixing two words there. Yeah. So anyway, so l- let's think about the, the habits um, underpining useful routines. <laughs> um, so we talk about exercise. Um, like, should we talk about deep work? Yeah, I think. What do you what do you mean when you say that? Yeah, and that is okay. So, kind of taking a step back, right, and setting yourself up. I, I think it's interesting to talk about setting yourself up for success with, with habits. Yeah. And very briefly, there's been a ton of work on making sure your goal is like smart and actionable. Mm-hmm. It's not really worth you know it's worth a Google search, right? But as an example, is like if you want to write a book. Say I'm gonna write 200 words, you know, a day yeah. rather than this nebulous, far out thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think what's more interesting is making sure you don't set yourself up for failure. Mm-hmm. And this guy wrote this book, Tiny Habits, which is really, really good. But he said, if you know that you want to write, make sure that you have a Word doc open every day when you turn on your computer. Ah. Uh. And you know, make sure you turn on your computer once a day. Yeah. Or if you just are not a computer person, yeah. Make sure you have a pad of paper yeah. that you can just write on and like yeah, yeah, kind yeah. of greasing the tracks, for yeah. lack of a better term. Yep, yep, yep. And so when I mean kind of a habit or routine of deep work, uh, this other book that I read is this book Deep Work by Cal Newport, yeah. who was super smart and his whole thought pro like his whole process is he became faculty in MIT, mm-hmm. and he realized he wasn't getting a ton done, right? There was a lot mm-hmm. of... Yeah, shaving. Yeah, exactly. But, yeah. like, chipping in at his productivity, uh, where yeah. it's like you could, you know, he was spending too much time writing emails mm. and doing this, mm-hmm. and so he rescheduled his uh, calendar, right? Mm-hmm. He basically made it so that he had three hours every day of deep work, mm. and he's like, I've got no other responsibilities mm. but to sit down and pound out a paper. Yeah. Or, like, do things that really move the meter for me. Yep, yep, yep. And so I just think, in terms of habits, we talk a lot of, or uh, in terms of habits in this podcast, we talk a lot about what is your point of leverage for your job? Yeah. What is your point of leverage for your life? Yeah. And I think 
making sure you have that habit and that room to breathe, but to mm. say there are no other distractions. Yeah. I want to really just hammer home this point of leverage yeah. would be a routine worth setting up. And yeah. Whether that's turning your phone on do not disturb. Yeah. Right. You, we can, yeah, a point of it, I mean, this really comes down to time management, right? Yes. Like, and setting yourself up. There's a couple things I want to say, but like um, time management to your point of setting yourself up for success, mm-hmm. allowing space for those habits or routines. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I think back to like my own experience, I remember I used to work for this guy, very senior guy, JP Morgan. And when you get to that level, like everybody wants a piece of mm-hmm. your time. Um, people internal, people external, like X, Y, Z, everyone wants your time. Mm-hmm. And I was in the elevator with it. Like you could literally only catch this guy like coming up and down the elevator. I'm yeah. like, let me take the elevator with you so I can get you on X, Y, Z things. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't remember when exactly he told me this, but he was telling me one time that, um, in MD training and MD is like a managing director, like, mm-hmm. a, you know, senior person at, at an investment bank. He's saying in MD training, they, they teach you that you need to be militant with your time and yes. like really cut out all mm-hmm. the, all the superfluous things that you do, mm-hmm. like minimize your time responding to emails, blah, blah, blah. Like you need to be absolutely militant with your time mm-hmm. so that you can do the important things, yes. which is just a longer way of saying what you kind of just said. Yeah. And the other thing I, I want to say, like with your writing example, mm-hmm. um, just to kind of tie it back to the idea of ritual, mm-hmm. like if, you know, if, if you treat every day is of opening your whatever word doc or sitting down and make yourself a cup of coffee for, for writing. If you treat that and approach it as it's a ritual mm-hmm. versus like, I have to do this because it's a habit that I set for myself. Yes. Your approach will be different and like probably more productive, mm-hmm. especially for something creative where like an idea of spirituality and ritual like matters, mm-hmm. I think more. And, and that's such a great point. And I kind of like bouncing off of that. Yeah. I found that, the, I don't know, I think it was in that book, Tiny Habits or something, but I read, but the point was made that if a habit is a burden to you, mm-hmm. it'll never last with you long term. Mm. And he used the example of like eating or dieting, Yeah. but I think it's just so true in all aspects of your daily life mm-hmm. where if something is a burden, you'll just never want to do it forever. Yeah. And I think it's very much worth trying to turn you, you know, instead of being like, hey, this is a burden I am holding, change that narrative. And I think kind of, yeah. as you talk about, like, live with that intention to say, I am a person who does this now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, th- this is not a temporary state. This has to be an everything state for me to really yeah. succeed. Yep, yep, yep. I think that is probably a good transition into thinking about, like, how do you personally, you, capital mm-hmm. you, personally... Try to reinforce habits. Is it positive reinforcement or negative yes. reinforcement? So, and I want to really emphasize that. The, I found this on the internet, so this could be the grains of salt being poured all over this, right? <laughs> but Victor Hugo, who wrote The Hunchback of Notre Dame, you know, he, he was given a deadline of a year to write it, right? He gave his book proposal to the publisher and said, you, you have a year. Uh, basically, he spent nine months dicking around <laughs> but you know on he, tiktok just, just <laughs> kicking it he was scrolling on instagram <laughs> no he spent nine months just pursuing other projects doing yep. all this other stuff yeah publisher came to him and was like hey you really need to get the going here yeah so he locked himself in his room and locked all of his clothes outside so he couldn't go anywhere 
And he actually ended up finishing the book yeah. two weeks ahead of schedule yeah. because he just wrote so much, right? Yeah. He would just write furiously each day, had people deliver his food. Yeah. And I think where you were going with that is that that is very much a negative reinforcement oh, example. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. And, like, if you – so I, I didn't know Victor Hugo, obviously. <laughs> but, like, I, what I would have wanted to ask him is, coming out of that experience, does he think – that he has a more healthy or less healthy relationship with writing <laughs> post that process. Yeah. Because it's like, it seems like if you're building something creative out of something intentionally torturous, like mm-hmm. I can't leave my house because all I have is this yeah. shitty robe to wear. <laughs> like, aren't you going to hate writing afterwards? Yes. Or do you feel like you don't? Yeah. I think that's so, and that's kind of what we were getting at before yeah. where, there's this level of like you need to do what you need to do yeah in a way and people talk about blocking off their internet yeah and like getting the apps that say you cannot spend time on facebook or twitter mm-hmm. anymore mm-hmm. and i think that's kind of the modern day equivalent to that mm, yeah and it's this question of maybe self-control and of like blocking off yeah you know you, you got to do what you need to do to write the book yeah but i i i am with you in that that would be a very interesting question to ask whether to say you know, it doesn't seem like you're writing for the sake of writing here. It very yeah. much seems like a burden that you want to shrug off. Yeah. So for you personally, when you think about your habits, routines that you want to, or actually trying to build, are you like positive reinforcement or negative reinforcement or somewhere <laughs> Somewhere neutral. Yeah. I think, I, I definitely understand the temptation to cut out distractions. And yeah. so I'll, I'll give a very practical example. Yeah. You know, during the day, I well, I have this pro this programming project I want to do. Yep, and I've made some good progress on it, but it very much is a capital R resistance whenever I want to work on it. Okay, you know, Why? and I think I think the excuse meter just comes up right ah, where it's yeah. like there's always well, excuses for anything. Yeah, yeah, and it's like well. You know, I got to build out this complicated piece of code, and I didn't sleep too well last night, so I'm just not going to start it at all. Yeah, uh, and. Or, you know, and or, you know, I really am more interested in this other thing, so let me yeah, do this other thing. Yeah, 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 And so I get blocking off TikTok or get blocking off Instagram or whatever your, you know, internet drug of choice may be. Yep. But I also am excited by it and, like, see the benefits of it. Mm-hmm. So that's what's keeping me motivated is that mm. it's, inter- it's, you know, interesting. I'm learning a lot. Mm-hmm. And I know... <laughs> Kind of the for you know the uh, part of my brain that is the rational part mm-hmm. knows that it is similar to when you were writing an essay in high school or yeah. college, yeah. and you're like, oh, I don't want to write this essay, yeah. but you're like, let me just write the first word, let me open up the word doc and write the title, and then you pound it out and you're done, right? Yeah. And I know it's the same thing with me where it's never as bad as I build it up in my head, like this capital R resistance, yeah. And I'm like, Ugh. but I'm like. Let me just open up the app. Yeah. You know, let me just let me just open up the file. Yeah. And I'm like, well, if I'm here, let me just do make very good forward progress yeah. on it. And so that uh <laughs> I don't know if that answers your question. I don't know. I, yeah, I think it kind of does. I, I think there's like one key difference, at least taking the essay example in college or high school. Yeah. There's always a deadline, right? Yes. And like it's helpful to write that first word when you know 
least for me, and I'm sure like 80% of everyone else who ever went to college, like, yeah. you wait until you have 12 hours to yeah. submit, and then you like are like, I'm going to start go. this essay. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe it's less than 12 hours, and you're like, all right, I'm going to write like the word, and it's just going to come flowing out. Yeah. But like with your programming project, for example, like I assume you don't have a deadline. Oh, there's no, you know, yeah. it is purely, it'll come out when it'll come out. Yeah, yeah. And that's almost... And talk about when you were talking about like time management, yeah. but it's so interesting now where like a large part of our growing up was very regimented and deadline oriented, but then you get to the real world and it's like, you just live however you want to live. Yeah. And to a certain extent. Yeah. Outside of work. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, besides work and certain things, but yeah. a lot of my projects don't have hard deadlines. Mm. And I think it is, we're, you know, talking about that transition is kind of important and i think talking going back to where we were at the beginning you know looping it around to it is easier to write 200 words a day than it is to pound out the entire essay Mm. Mm. you know and like setting yourself up for like i am making good progress on this work whatever that work is that habit or routine is better than kind of a boom and bust cycle of development or you know everything we talk about here yeah. Switching topics for another second. Oh. That Victor Hugo story was so good. I really liked that Victor Hugo story. <laughs> um, so do you want to talk about basically what habits are worth stealing from other people versus what habits are worth mm. kind of figuring out on your own? Yeah. And, and uh, they, so I'll, I'll give you a little lead in where yeah, I was Yeah, give me a lead. This. Give me a lead. And so... You know, I am, as my girlfriend will tell you, I love the she product. She's shaking her head right now. <laughs> <laughs> I love the productivity for the sake of productivity. I will listen to oh, productivity yeah, podcasts. Yeah. I'll do it all. I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I hate that. And so there's the li- I, I yeah. want to dive into that a lot. Yeah. But there's this idea of like p- famous people's personal routines. Uh, right? And it's yeah, like, yeah. there was a book where it came out with literally different writers' routines. Yeah. And it's, you know, and it's a classic, right? Like, Da, Vin- da Vinci woke up at 11, mm-hmm. and he ate lunch, and he walked around, and then he did three hours, right? Whatever it is. Yeah. And you're like, well, I want to be like Da Vinci. Or, like, Ernest Hemingway wrote in Moleskins, and you're like, well, I want to write like Herman. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I think it's interesting to kind of separate that into two buckets of yeah. what I call yak shaving, yep. which is productivity for the sake of productivity. You yep. know, hey, you, you know... Um, Pick some, you know, Stephen King, what typewriter do you use to write? <laughs> and it's like, well, that's not going to help you write no, the book. exactly, exactly. Versus, like, these very real examples of, you know, the science backs up going on walks every day. Mm. Or the one I always refer back to is uh, all of the scientists who have talked to old people yeah. or, like, people in, you know, near death's door, yeah. right? Yeah, And uh, they've asked them, what do you regret most in life? Yeah. And they give all their answers it's like, well, I should probably not do those things. Yeah, I, I'm on board with that last one of, yeah, listening to what old and dying people say about their yeah. regrets. Because, you know, I, I bet they mean it. Yeah. Um, and it usually, like, circles around similar things. And it's like family and relationships and going on trips and not being so worried about money and, like, mm-hmm. focused on your job and blah, exactly. blah, blah. And even now when I say it, I'm kind of dismissive of it, but yeah. I shouldn't be, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you should probably, like, take, in, take into account those things. Back to yak shaving. I think this is where I've differed from a lot of, like, my peers uh, and, and even you, too. Like, we, mm-hmm. when we were talking about productivity last time. Yeah. 
Like, I have no interest in productivity apps. Yes. That almost, like, turns me off. Is, are we muted right now? No, we're, uh, we're, we're good. Not. Okay. <laughs> Is that a picture of you? I was good. Yeah, from 1972. <laughs> I think that was the picture when I got my first Mac, and it is beardless, high school, you know, beardless, freshman year high school, full of, full of love at the world, yeah. right? bright-eyed yeah. and bushy-tailed. Yeah. Anyway, um, so productivity for the sake of productivity is like always turned me off, and the, the core reason, I think I touched on this last time, and also I think ties to like looking at old people, mm-hmm. um, is... There was a point in time where productivity apps didn't exist. Yes. You know what I mean? There was a point in time where, like, one, email didn't exist, or two, like, before you had the functionality to, like, file each of your emails, or mm-hmm. something as simple as that. Yeah. And people still managed then, <laughs> and, like, got us to where we are now. Yeah. And I just don't see those tasks or tools, at least to me personally, as, like, a creative. Yeah. And which is why I haven't, you know. Indulged. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's... Maybe and we can. This is potential to cut out and post. Yeah, but like I'm with you in that I've never used a to do app to mm. any significant degree. Yeah, because I feel I find I spend more time in the to do app yep. than just doing the work. Yeah, and I do make to do lists though. Yeah, on paper, absolutely, yeah. and I'll I'll knock that out. But there's a there is a very fine line between yeah. and kind of what we're getting at here, which is. In my topic of, like, I think there are scientific... Maybe it's just, you know, do stuff that science says versus yeah. maybe less relevant stuff. Yeah. And maybe that's as... You know, my maybe. fun topic was as simple as that. <laughs> but talking about, like, science has to go on walks, right? Yeah. And all these famous people went on walks to think. And I'm like, okay, I should probably I should start go going on walks. more walks. Yeah, right? yeah. But... I think it's, like... But, like, taking it... I mean, so there's some things that are probably obvious, like walks. Yeah. There's other things that are probably less obvious. Like if you think about, there are probably successful people at your job, mm-hmm. um, and you like look at them and you're like, oh, like I maybe I don't want to be exactly like you, but I want to be like you in X Y Z ways. Mm-hmm. Like, is it worthwhile to ask them for what are their habits and routines? Yes, um, and compare those to yours, or should you just try to figure it out yourself? I think that's kind of what you were getting at. Yeah, yeah. kind of what you were driving at. Absolutely. Do you find yourself asking people ever? Like, think about a work context, just yeah. to put a box around it. So, my, when I was in Boston, I had, I had this boss who was really, really good yeah. and really productive. But that meant that he, <laughs> almost everyone was looking at, for him at a certain time. Yeah. And he would never respond to emails, never respond to calls, and it was tough to get time with him, yeah. right? And unless if you were his boss. And I remember, but, and it was like the classic email of, you know, I'd looked at, he was uh, writing an email one time and his email popped up and it was, you know, 14,000 unread emails and he wouldn't even look at ones that were not relevant to him. Yeah. And it was so interesting to me because I'm like, you are someone who, you know, a lot of, you got a lot of balls in the air too. He was involved with a lot of different projects. Yeah. And it was so interesting to me being like, what is your what is what is your plan with this? And, <laughs> and he's just like, I could spend going back to yak shaving. He was yeah. like, I could spend all day answering emails and doing weird analysis. You know, yeah, people's one like off weird, yeah, yeah. And, you know, people's ad hoc reports, right? yeah. Because we were we were kind of the promotions people yeah, at yeah. Stop and Shop, and people had a lot of questions about promotions. <laughs> yeah, and it's you know the dairy gals like, hey, yeah. how did my cheese promotion run last May? Right? Yeah. And it was all this weird stuff. 
and he uh, was like, I, you know, I really need to stay focused on my one mission, mm-hmm. right? Which is why they hired me. Mm-hmm. And everything else is superfluous to a mm-hmm. degree. Mm-hmm. And I, re- I really took that, and th- that kind of was an interesting thing for uh, me to see. Yeah, yeah. Um, and kind of, you know, either so call them. Oh, I was going to ask, have you applied it? Like, I, I think the, the, the analog for you, right, is like, what is my one mission? Yes. And, like... I should just drive at that. Like, yes. Have you applied it? I think, I I think definitely in certain ways. Yeah. Right. I've. <laughs> so I'll say it's interesting. In my current gig, I have, kind of three three competing things. Yeah. But I know that one drives the meter okay. more than these other two. Mm-hmm. Right. And the the other two are kind of. One's early stages, like it's going to pick up. Yeah. And then one is I'm just there to provide context, yeah. in essence. But one is really driving the... You know, one is really, really important. Yeah. So I think I spend most of my time on that one. And, you know, people will hit me up with meetings about three, yeah, <laughs> you know. Like, and they'll be like, hey, do you got some time for, you yeah. know, th- number three? And I'm like... No, because I, <laughs> no, I, I got, I time. I got yeah. 15 developers waiting on me for number one, so today's going to be tough, my guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's good. I feel like not all jobs have the ability to do that, I mm-hmm. guess. And I think it's, it's also worth having that conversation. Mm-hmm. And I, I just had it with my boss last week where I was like, there are, you know, I need your help prioritizing this. Yep. And I just want you to know what's on my plate. Yeah. And he's like, oh, like, there's a lot of stuff here. Yeah. Right. You got a lot to do. And I was like, I, you know, I want you to know, like, this stuff, you know, I am getting pinged from all sides. Yeah. But it's worth having that conversation to say, you know, I think this is the most important thing. Yeah. Feel free to correct me, right? You're the one paying me. Yeah, 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 exactly. It it doesn't really matter to me. Yeah. And there is, I'm worried we're getting into a rabbit hole. Mm -hmm. By me saying this, we're going to get into a rabbit hole. Yeah. Look, there's this kind of like, in a professional context, when you're, Whenever you're not the most senior person on the totem pole, there's kind of a delicate balance where, you know, you want to be, like, competent and run your own life and be able to prioritize accordingly. Yeah. But also you want to be able to, like, lean on the fact that um, you don't necessarily have to deal with the decision-making and, like, stress that goes into prioritization because mm-hmm. someone else is signing your checks. Yes. You know what I said? You can always be like, you tell me what you want me to do. Mm-hmm. X hours in a day. You yeah. pick, you know what I mean? And exactly. Then you do that, so. And, and I think that's just a fair, I found that, so I found that senior people, and you know they're busy, yeah. but they're not good at tracking everything that I have going on. Yeah, no, right? of course. Because again, it's, you know, I, got, am, yeah. I am 10th on their priority list, and they have, you know, and I am one on my priority yeah, list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I find that like in a one-on-one context, it's worth maybe bringing up like, hey, just to let you know, I got a lot of balls in the air right now, yeah. and which ones do you yeah. want me to juggle better? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Do you, like, kind of the same question to you, like, yeah. do you have to ruthlessly prioritize? Because I bet you get pinged from higher-ups yeah. on all sides. Yeah, the, the thing about my job is less like there, um, sometimes there is one clear priority mm-hmm. that takes, you know, like precedent over everything else yeah um and but that's not the norm i would say maybe like 25 to 30 percent of the year it's like that and that's when like you have a deal signed up and you're like in due diligence and you're like just you're focused on kind of one thing Mm -hmm. and that's going to be 80 percent of your your focus yeah the rest of the year there's like constant reprioritization Mm -hmm. and it isn't like so much of a long-term project without a deadline there's just like 
things coming from every direction, you kind of have to constantly reprioritize. Yeah. So it's not like a perfect comparison to, to your situation, but I bet it's like that for mm-hmm. for a lot of people, right? Like, imagine if you were in sales or yeah. something like that, right? Like, you, someone walks in, the person walks out, like, you have to reprioritize all the time, and mm-hmm. there's, like, all these other things in the universe. So I don't know what lesson there is embedded in that, but... Yeah. I And I think maybe the lesson is, like, when in doubt, just go back to your point of leverage. Yeah. And... You know, speaking in a sales job, yeah, it could be right. I've never been in a sales job, but it could be when in doubt, I should hop on the phone and call more clients. Yeah, you know, and whatever that. If I'm debating and people are emailing me, it's like yeah. don't lose sight of what is that thing within your business mm, that gets you paid. Yeah, um, how do we tie this back to routine? Because it feels like we're dangerously close to tying this back to routine and yeah. habit by saying like, what is your one thing? Mm-hmm. I think in and in order to do so. You should have that routine or habit in place Mm -hmm. that says, I can't even believe I'm going to say this metaphor. Do it. But there was the Facebook, and it was was a Facebook post, so you know that's how bad it is. But there's the story of the professor, and he pours the big rocks in the jar, and then the tiny pebbles in the jar, and then the sand in the jar. Okay. I haven't seen this. Okay. (laughs) And so it's, you know, it is one where he hits you with the metaphor stick. hard and he's like okay could i have gotten the sand in there or could i have gotten the big rocks in there if i poured the sand in first and everyone's Mm. like well no you know you had to put the big Uh. rocks in the hills and he's like well the big rocks are the things that matter most and the sand is the things that matters the least Uh. he's like don't let the sand make sure there's no room for the big rocks i like that God, so it, the sand is like the emails and superfluous tasks. Yes. The big rocks are your big projects. Mm-hmm. I and like it, that. And I think it's, it's a little corny, but it, I really it's like really it. corny, <laughs> it's really corny, right? Good. And I think as we talk about like habits and routines, I want to make sure you have a habit that deals with your big rocks. Ah, uh, yeah, that's good. And like I walk in and I call three clients. Right, we're talking about like little progress, little yeah, steps yeah, of progress yeah. each day to lead to success, mm. and then you can deal with everything else. Mm. Right, that if was I, good. I, I didn't know if you were gonna when you tried to take a crack at it. Like I was like, where is he going? Yes, yeah. with the rocks. Yeah. You brought it back. I, I did. That Thank was you, man. good. That was good. And it, like you know, if you're a writer, well, what's my number one thing? Writing. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so I'm gonna wake up and pound out 400 words, and then I can do everything else. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Thanks, man. How, how long should you do something before you evaluate it, right? That's interesting. Like, how long should I give away money before I'm like, is this working or this isn't working? Yeah. I think it gets back to, it, it's got to be like a YouTube, like, you're just looking at the results. The one thing about the digital age is that you get data for everything. Mm, yeah. And so, you know. Oh, I think, Switch the data. <laughs> I think, A, it depends on how much money you have, right? Yep. But, I don't know, I'd, may, I'd maybe go a month, yeah. so with like four videos, five videos. Is that videos. totally arbitrary, or? I'm pulling it out of my <laughs> mouth, right? Okay. Yeah, I don't know either. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's another one of the key, like, yeah. I, I think that's going to be an interesting thing to ask people as we think about whatever mm-hmm. we're talking about, whether it's, I don't know, pick a topic. Mm-hmm. Like, how long did you decide to do X, Y, Z before you did this topic, yeah. or did this thing, or moved on to another one Mm -hmm. and an example that i like a lot is like bootstrap startups yeah and you get some of these people and they'll be like i did it for a year and i made 14 dollars a month 
and then it gradually yeah, exploded, yeah, right? And yeah. it's like, well, hey, I'm at year 10, and I'm now making great revenue. Yeah. And it's like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, like, yeah, year, yeah. You know, you're at year 10. Yeah. You know? And that's why I can never, uh, and, you know, like with their jobs, and they made 30 yeah. grand a year for like five years, right? Yeah. And then they finally took off. Enough. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I think is I think you got to keep working on things as long as they become as long as they're sustainable. Mhm. But I don't know. Yeah. I do not have a great answer. Yeah. I wanted to what I wanted to do was tie this all back together. Mm-hmm. Tie it back to there's a lot of ideas here like and some stuff that we talked about in prior episodes where uh, one core thing was choosing. Like how often do you optimize? How often do you evaluate? Mm-hmm. And all that is centered around choosing. Yeah. The other thing is, like, you know, self-improvement cycles and routines that are built with intention around that. Mm-hmm. Um, and those two things, like, in, you know, choosing and what to build a routine on are, like, you know, entangled with each other, right? Yes. It feels like there's something <laughs> yeah. bigger there. I just don't know quite how to... Um, because I, I, I had my train, lost the train, on the train, whatever. So a lot of this in post, I think what we were, okay, so we're, we're trying to find a way to tie this all together. Yeah. I kind of took a crack at it with like the prioritize, reprioritize, building routines around intention, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, like, what do I walk away with? Yeah. Short answer, I don't know. But what I think I walk away <laughs> with is this idea that I'm going to, at least over the next, you know, few days a week until we do this mm-hmm. again um look at the different things that are routines in my life and try to be more aware and um what's it mindful of yes. if, if like building intention into those routines would create value for myself yes and then think about the things that i don't have routine around mm-hmm. and there's all these things that i probably do with some regularity once yeah. a day once a week blah 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 but they're not like a routine and yeah. certainly not a ritual. Uh-huh. And and see if building routine or ritual around those things would also, like I said, like be accretive or like be value-adding. Yeah. No, I couldn't agree more. Like my yeah. takeaway from this yeah. is really to examine certain, you know, all aspects of my life. Yeah. But really see, while keeping in mind what drives value, right? Like if, if that's programming, if that's, you know, what does that for work? And really focus on that and make sure that I have good routines set up in place to really enable those, right? Really grease the tracks so that it is saying to myself, yes, I want to, you know, I will do this first. And then the rest is just fiddly bits. Fiddly bits, yeah. I think it's a good podcast. Yeah. Fiddly bits. (laughs) (laughs) Loops and fiddly bits. Does that kind of... uh, I think that, yeah. Gets you a little bit. I think we should revisit this next time. Yeah. And just like, I will chew on it some more and try to like, yeah. Think of a better way to put a bow on it. 